welcome to episode 194 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamer and co-host, Stephen. Hi, how are you? What's going on? Not much, man. Just a busy, busy week being Melbourne International Games Week. It's all it's all happening at the moment. Um, I don't know, are we expecting you in town at any point? Unfortunately not, no. no. Nah, not this year. It's Alas. as much as I'd like to have... Yeah, had my travel sorted for the uh, for this year, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were here last year, though, weren't you, for PAX? Yes. Yeah, it was either last year or the year before. I, I'd go every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember if I... I must have gone last year. I can't have any memory of last year. What did I do? Last year's all a blur. Did Time I do is... I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you been playing, Stephen, since uh, since we last spoke? A couple of weeks ago? I've, we've been playing last week. Yeah, it's been a little while. I've been, I don't know, slowly but surely smashing through Sekiro, and smashing is a, a polite way of putting... Maybe I've beaten the boss or two in the last two weeks. Um, I'm not good at Sekiro it it kicks my ass but that's fine I I Um, wish I could play Sekiro but I just like don't think I'm gonna have much luck I've tried from software games in the past and I just can never really make much progress and I just kind of get a bit frustrated and deflated and inevitably disliking it like I I'm enjoying it but it's I think it's become so much harder because i'm so used to other from software or you know just souls games yeah and this plays so differently it's you know all about aggression and blocking parrying that's like your main thing mm. and it's taken me a long time to really get that parrying down to the point where i'm not dying all the time but i don't know it's got that classics uh from software thing where you can I totally missed a character that was off to the side in an area that I was exploring at one point and went through. I've played heaps more of the game from there and mm-hmm. then go back and find there was this character who gives you like a new skill tree that I just didn't have for the whole time. And oh. it's like, oh, this probably would have made the game a whole lot easier if I had all these skills, but I just didn't find them. That's funny. It's- I did something similar playing Control. I got to the final kind of fight um, and was finding it really hard. And I was thinking, maybe like maybe I'm getting towards the end of the game. I sort of felt like I was. Um, and sure enough, I looked up, um, I w- jumped into my like character customization screen. So I hadn't tinkered with that in a while. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I've got two areas in my skill tree, here, which are like totally grayed out here. Like, what am I missing? Sure enough, I went back to my missions. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've still got like another couple of objects of power to go and get. And uh, I went back and did those missions and suddenly got two new powers that I didn't oh, have God. previously. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how this might be useful in this final fight. And sure enough, I went back with those and like blitzed right through it. Um, I mean, it is a good feeling when you get that and it's like, I know there is actually a good reason why this was kicking my ass the whole time. But yeah. also it's like, man... I wish I didn't have to take so long to work this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did I miss this? What was I doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, on top of Sekiro, I don't know if you've uh, been able to jump into any of the Apple Arcade games. Have you heard anything about What the Golf? Uh, I've I've seen a little bit of What the Golf. Yeah, um, I checked out some uh, some footage from it the other day because I uh, ah, yeah. I heard some people raving about it. Um, and I've not whilst I'm not giving it a go, I am very much wanting to. It looks hilarious. Oh Yes, if you get a chance, absolutely do it. Like I played through and completed it over, you know, a series of lunch breaks at work over a few weeks. And uh-huh. I, I ended up having an audience most of the time I was playing because <laughs> it just does all this ridiculous weird shit. Like the, the definition of golf is, uh, it's just so, it's blown wide open and everyone is just sitting around going, excuse me, what just actually happened there? If I'm not mistaken, and- they describe it as a golf game for people that hate golf. 
right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say that. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's, one yeah, and um, I think Sayonara Wild Hearts I downloaded because they was like the two that Shannon recommended they give a go. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're sat on my iPad, but I've not had the, the chance to play any of them yet. I've been too busy you... playing the new season of Apex Legends, which I'm having <sighs> so much fun with. Yeah, um, I've heard, once again, talking with people at work who play Apex Legends. I haven't jumped on the train yet because uh-huh. time and stuff. But there yeah, is a literal train a you time. can jump on in the new yes. app, so it's funny that you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and something about little drones that you can hookshot to and fly around from. It Ooh, sounds ridiculous. I've not tried that yet, but that's a good shout. Yeah, so Crypto, the new character that they've added with this season as well, has like this little drone, um, which is really quite powerful. Uh, I've seen people using it to pretty good effect. But yeah, presumably as Pathfinder, which is like the recon character, character that's got the grappling hook and stuff you can just like yeah. latch onto that hone that drone and uh and fly about that sounds like a yeah fun. i've seen people using it as like a slingshot almost i'd watch this video of someone grappling on sort of i think jumping off a cliff and using it as a bit of a swinging thing or a slingshot it's it looks ridiculous yeah yeah oh i tell you there's some awesome highlight videos from out there people are way too skilled with that game um but yeah the new map is really cool i feel like it's just the injection of um difference that the game needed i guess like it's just kind of really shaking it up in in all the right ways um and uh i've been away for this past weekend so i've not been able to play it for the last few days but real keen to get stuck into it and uh sink some more time into that battle pass but steven what would you like to talk about this episode well, it's a, a bit of a heavy topic, I think. It's something that happened a little bit earlier today, I noticed, come through my Twitter feed, and it sort of made me have quite a bit of a reaction. Um, so there's a pro Hearthstone player from Hong Kong, uh, his gamer named Blitzchung, uh, and he had this stream where he was doing a, an interview with someone. I'm not quite sure what it was. I think it was a Blizzard-related interview. And during that interview, they wore a mask similar to the masks worn by the protesters happening in Hong Kong at the moment. And he said, quote, liberate Hong Kong revolution of our age. And for that, he has been basically pushed out of the entire tournament. He is not able to get any prize money, including what might have already been earned. And Blizzard have basically cut all ties with this guy. And that's, it, it's really, really, I don't know what to think about it aside from, I don't know, I'm not particularly happy. Like, it makes you question the fact that, uh, like, Tencent, a Chinese company, have a, a reasonable stake in Activision Blizzard at the moment. And it makes you wonder whether that's, whether they're pulling some strings there. It's, I don't know, they're sort of jumping into politics where I wouldn't expect a game company to do so. And in a way that's, probably not the way most of the Western world would expect them to. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I suppose there's a few things to unpack with this as a topic. Um, first, if you're unfamiliar with what's happening in Hong Kong, um, for the last few months, I should say, sorry, um, there's been a number of, uh, I say a number, almost daily um, pro-democracy uh, protests um, in the taking place in the city, uh, which kind of stem from this extradition uh, legislation that was being moved within the parliament that could potentially have had people extradited to mainland China to face, um, yeah, face prosecution for speaking out against the government and the like. Um, mm. That was since uh, thrown out by uh, 
I, I forget what the the correct terminology is. Forgive me for not being more researched, but the the sort of person in charge of Hong Kong um, called Carrie Lam, um, who is refusing to resign despite the the waves of sentiment against her. Um, and then in the past week or so, uh, they banned or they they passed some executive powers that essentially kind of give her emergency yeah emergency powers that uh, she used to ban facial coverings, which are a number of the protesters had been using. Um, during the various demonstrations that they've been having. Um, so yeah, it, read up on that because it's very interesting what's happening in, in Hong Kong. Um, Gosh, yeah, especially with the face covering stuff. International news. Sorry? Uh, just especially with the face covering stuff. Like I've seen people wearing masks that project a different face onto their face so that they can't be recognized by facial recognition cameras. And wow. It's, it's terrifying. Just people are concerned and probably rightly so i don't know for sure but i can't imagine it's out of the possibility mm-hmm. that like you know they're on surveillance cameras having faces recognized and potentially matched to a database of protesters and with china having the whole i can't remember exactly what it was called but sort of the like social score thing that yeah. could potentially you know have drastic effects on someone's ability to get a loan or to get work or whatever it may be. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's only active in particular regions of mainland China, but um, I could be mistaken on that. Um, But yeah, yeah. certainly the protesters have reason to be fearful of the police. Um, There has been... issues of, of of police violence as well mm. um so it's it's a pretty messy sort of scene um but obviously there's a lots of uh very strong opinions on it as well um and yeah in this case this uh this this uh hearthstone player spoke out against it um and has been banned by the hearthstone competition by blizzard um i do have a section here of of a statement from blizzard with regard uh to their their action um including the section of the contract or the sorry of the competition rules with which um bliss chung is accused of violating um that section of the contract reads uh that engaging in any act in blizzard's sole discretion um brings you into pop sorry Engaging in any act that, in Blizzard's sole discretion, brings you into public disrepute, offends a portion or group of the public, or otherwise damages Blizzard image will result in removal from Grandmasters and a reduction of the player's prize pool to the total of zero US dollars, in addition to other remedies which may be provided for other the hand, uh, under the handbook and Blizzard's website terms. Um... They go on to say that uh, effective immediately, Bliss Chung is removed from Grandmasters and will receive no prizing uh, from Grandmasters Season 2. Additionally, Bliss Chung is ineligible to participate in Hearthstone's esports for 12 months beginning from October 5th, 2019 and extending to October 5th, 2020. We will also immediately cease working with both casters. I'm presumably talking about the person that conducted the interview. I'm, I'm not so sure about I, that final statement. Yeah, I believe so. Um, they add as well, the Grandmasters is the highest tier of Hearthstone esports and we take tournament rule violations very seriously. After an investigation, we're taking the necessary actions to prevent similar incidents, incidents from happening in the future. Um, so pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's I sort pretty of... like, it's pretty brutal that for something that is kind of such a hot button topic and that there are opposing views on that they just kind of so overtly take a stance um yeah and in doing it, I, so ban this player and take all of his prize winnings from him like crazy yeah, there's so much so much going on in my head around this like firstly it makes you 
like suspect maybe, you know, that money talks. And I know it's not just Blizzard, but a lot of, you know, technology and games companies are really aggressively pursuing China at the moment as a huge growth market. Mm. And I imagine that that will play a part in this whole ruling that, you know, there may be people within China or you know, people within the Chinese government that pull certain strings that would not be happy with this being said. And I don't know, Blizzard's maybe kowtowing to them for the dollar or I don't know. It's, it's the other part yeah. that gets me too is the like that Blizzard also stated while we stand by one's right to express individual thoughts and opinions, players and other participants that elect to participate in our esports competition must abide by the official competition rules, which to me sounds fair enough, but in that official rules that you read out a bit ago, it mentions sort of in Blizzard's sole discretion that uh-huh. they make the choice of what is offensive, what's not. And so, I, I don't know, they've chosen to do this. They can't say it's it's the rules, we had to do it. They The rules say that they make a choice about this. And so, I don't know, it, it's very, it's, it's super weird, especially given that Blizzard, I guess, is a, I think of them as, a, as an American company and it's weird for them to be, uh, making these concessions for for China when most of the rest of the world kind of is not on board with that. Yeah, um, I, I think they're taking it purely from a sort of business sense, and that and you're right that um, they're aware that uh, these comments would not float well in China, and um, they're just concerned about what potential ramifications that may have them on them distributing in the country. Um, mm. Potentially, you know, that's a, a huge market for them, and they don't want to run a risk of of hindering their access at all um but yeah it's it just i guess it's kind of scary to think that um these competitions exist very much within the the yeah the workings of of a private company that have the power to make decisions like this um that's not to say that it's it's a fair or, or just decision in any way um but i you know, it's within their power to do this. And that, and that's kind of scary um, that, you know, contracts don't extend so far to protect players in esports um, or, or anything like that. Um, I suppose, you know, similar rules could affect uh, like, you know, kind of traditional sports stars as well. Um, yes. I was thinking there's, you know, that one fairly high profile, uh, a, well, it wasn't AFL at some and whatever the rugby code is that Israel yeah. Falau sort of fell, uh, was not looked upon for, uh, yeah, saying things that weren't really agreed upon by the general public or at least by the, the code themselves. So I guess it's kind of a similar thing, but it just depends on whether the court of public opinion agrees with the decision or not is the yeah. big difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think even in that case, like you wouldn't have had his price when he's taken away from him or his, yeah, you know, his salary true. or anything it's... like that, right? It's It's... It, that's that seems like a, a particularly harsh measure to take, um, and I wonder if it is because they sort of add that we're, this after investigation we're taking necessary actions to prevent similar incidents from happening in the future as part of the statement. I wonder if they're very much trying to make an example out of Blitzchung to say, "Hey, this is not cool, and <laughs> no yeah. one can ever do this again." Well, um, I mean, it's going to be effective. Like, I can't see anyone currently in the running for grandmasters ever saying anything vaguely controversial yeah again, or anything kind of vaguely political which is kind of terrifying like these are, are public figures with a platform and you know they could potentially do you know incredible things for for championing for certain causes or anything mm. like that um 
but uh, it kind of sets a dangerous precedent that that Blizzard can kind of clamp down on things that they don't agree with politically or don't suit their businesses, uh, their business purposes or objectives at the time. Um, and I guess it kind of opens up that age-old question of uh, does politics belong in in video games? Um, ain't that a question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, that's an interesting question actually. Um, I I pulled up this uh, this statement um, from uh, from a woman who I saw give a panel today at uh, GCAP, which is a, a convention happening in Melbourne here as part of Games Week. Um, I don't think she kind of wants her her full name out there in public. Um, I can't possibly imagine why when you start talking about politics and video games. <laughs> yeah, um, goodness. But uh, she was pretty comfortable in sharing um, her Twitter handle, uh, Void Rants Back. That's V-O-I-D-R-A-N-T-S-B-A-C-K. Um, so you can see that statement that I just read you um, on a Twitter thread there. Um, but I saw her give a presentation today all about um, politics in, in video games and why it's so often uh, criticized. Um, and she makes a sort of statement kind of very early that politics is about ideology and we can't possibly separate that from anything, let alone video games, that it's inherently going to be involved in some way and we are going to read it differently and there's not a lot we can do to make anything apolitical. Um, yeah, like but- it kind of goes part and parcel with games being a form of art a form of expression and when Mm. you're expressing almost anything that there's nothing you can really express which doesn't have some implicit political statement to make like it might be no it might not be an explicit political statement but you know just just anything you say can be influenced by so many factors that will inevitably have something political in there and she and she sort of made the case as well simplifying it even further than that that kind of hadn't occurred to me before. It makes perfect sense when you think about it. And she said that the idea that you trade money for goods and services is in itself an an ideology. And certain Mm -hmm. political systems would not have you do that, right? Um, Yeah, absolutely. So in any game where you trade money for goods and services, i.e. every game ever, um, it's kind of making a political stance, um, albeit not a very controversial one and, and one that... The, the majority of the world align with ideolo- ideolog- ideologically um, and that kind of adheres to our societal norms. Um, but I thought that was an interesting observation. She actually went so far to say that um, that kind of politics is is very much air. It's kind of totally inescapable. Even when we travel out into space, we have to transport air for us to breathe up out there, um, which I thought was an, an interesting sort of metaphor to use. Yeah, quite like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really quite quite eye opening. Um, I've I've kind of yeah m- made it known in the past that I don't see it as being possible to separate politics from games, and that there's nothing wrong with that. That we should allow politics to be in games and to and to challenge us and to make us consider alternative viewpoints and stuff like that. So it's um yeah, it's kind of scary to see Blizzard so publicly taking a stance against a certain political voice um yeah yeah it's interesting i think the whole like politics and games thing like it's i guess been simmering for a while but it sort of goes along with i don't know this is getting a little bit outside of the topic of a gaming podcast a little bit but like (laughs) i don't know generally as a society we're a bit more ah, like 
tribal, I guess, at this point. You're picking a side and you can't be on both sides or, you know, if you're in the center, then that's another side that you're choosing. It's sort of, you can't, or it's much more difficult to not join a side, I guess, at this point. There's very uh, political lines drawn on social media, in games and stuff. And if, if people see a game that does not adhere to their particular team, and then that can sometimes be confronting. And depending on the person and how they're going to take that, they'll either arc up about it and, you know, complain, try to get the developer delisted from Steam or whatever strategy they want to do. Or they might, you know, play the game, see if it offers anything to their personal viewpoint, maybe take it on, maybe say, no, I totally disagree with that and it's garbage. But like, there there are different ways to react to it and it's sort of... Yeah, games, politics and games is a difficult uh, topic. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It is, a, it is a tough one to sort of navigate. I, and, and, and she rightfully kind of made the point as well that um, the, the politics and games is kind of challenging because it, it's, you're being presented with something that, that challenges you and, and your sort of viewpoints. Um, and our natural sort of instinct is kind of to defend ourselves and our way of sort of thinking. Um, so she actually expressed a lot of sympathy for um, people that uh, feel reluctant to to embrace politics and games um, because they're, they're, it's a moment of distress for them. Um, which yeah, I, was I like mean, really having to confront something that you don't either agree with or hadn't previously considered, yeah. confronting itself is... You know, it's going to be uncomfortable and yeah, whether, whether you take that on or whether you dislike that is going to be up to how each individual person reacts to each individual situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it goes back to a lot of things. It's important to be sort of mindful of each other and to respect each other's opinions, which I don't think Blizzard sort of did here um, for, for reasons in their own self-interest perhaps. Mm. Um uh, yeah, I mean that purely that's just sort of reading between the lines, um, but that certainly seems to be the case on this this particular one. Um, yeah, I don't think you're making too many heavy assumptions there. <laughs> I'd, I'm pretty sure that's what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, being be nice to each other and be a bit more open-minded. I don't know. It's I don't yes. feel like it's a particularly hard thing to do. Except um, for the Russian bots, there's a human behind every Twitter handle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very true. <laughs> But to segue uh, into a different sort of topic, I did mention that it's Melbourne Games Week, and that means PAX is, of course, coming up uh, this Friday. Um, although we're not lucky enough to have you this year at Stephen pa- uh, PAX, Stephen. Um, what sort of advice would you give to someone that is going to PAX or any video game convention for that matter? What are some of your favorite things to do at, at video game conventions? What sort of... What would you advise you bring along? Um, and what, what well, I mean, especially if, especially if we're talking Melbourne, bring a change of clothes for every possible season of the year because you'll probably <laughs> experience all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know, aside from that, I don't know, a, a USB battery for your phone, grab the PAX app or usually there'll be an app for whichever conference that you're looking at and mm-hmm. try as best you can to plan what you want to do ahead of time. I, I That's just how I work personally. I know the I want to go to these panels and then I've got this much time to just fart around doing whatever I want. And mm-hmm. I find I get a lot more of it out of it that way rather than, I don't know, walking around aimlessly and then getting to the end of it and thinking, gosh, I just walked around the uh, like the shop area for a while and feel like it was just a big store. But 
Yeah. yeah. Make sure you get into panels, find, you know, people that engage you or topics that engage you. Go in there and, yeah, give it a listen. Yeah, I, I'm so guilty of that, especially like in my first kind of few years attending events. I've just kind of, oh, I'll just kind of suss that when I get there or I want to just kind of scope it out first. And you kind of go in and you just kind of get overwhelmed and lost sort of within the show floor. Um, and especially if you're kind of a, a bit anxious around crowds, as I know a lot of people are, um, mm-hmm. that that can be particularly overwhelming. Um, yeah, so, yeah, don't just kind of throw yourself into the deep end. Um I would still recommend, yeah, so I think you're right. And you kind of look at the the panels. Um, there's a lot of fantastic panels at PAX. Um, Press Start is hosting a few. Um, so I'd love for you oh, to come and see that. those. On the, on the Friday night, um, Brody and Shannon are taking part in, I think it's a Mario Tennis competition. They're representing journalists uh, on stage for that one. I think it's at 6.30 on the Friday night. And then at 6.30 and 9.30 on the... Oh, sorry. that's The tennis is on the Friday night. And then at 6.30 and 9.30 on the Saturday night, we've got another couple of panels. The first being um, a conversation about Australian sporting games um, and the challenges that they face. And then at 9.30, we're kind of doing like a fun game show. Um, we might have some prizes to give away and there's uh, some... Yeah, there might be some elements of audience participation as well. Um, but I'm having fun writing that at the moment. If you've ever seen like Spicks and Specs or Nevermind the Buzzcocks or any of those kind of music trivia shows, expect something along the lines of that, but video game relevant. Um, but yeah, have a look at the the panels. Come to ours, um, and then yeah, it's a way of... to make me jealous. You'll sound great, <laughs> <laughs> um, and kind of fill in uh, the rest of your schedule um, with things you want to check out. So there might be some like particular games you want to go and see. Um, I tend to sort of recommend. Um, checking out the indie games. Um, they tend to be a lot more accessible. You can kind of go straight up and play them and chat with the game's actual creators there on the show floor, um, which is fantastic. Um, anything AAA you might want to play, you might need to allow a couple of hours for um, yep. to A, get through the line um, and have time to get through the demo. Um, what would you recommend in terms of personal hygiene uh, oh God. on show Do floors? Bring a small little, uh, like the antibacterial uh alcohol hand wash stuff and yeah. use it all the time like not to say that you know people that go to packs of gross or anything but like that many people in one place if one person has like a slight cold it's gonna spread like wildfire so yeah. wash your hands clean your hands <laughs> it, i haven't been to a pax and not got pax pox after it it's it's inevitable so yeah wash and disinfect your hands at every opportunity honestly (laughs) yeah i remember um queuing up to play the original division i think matt and i were standing in queue to play it and um we watched this dude like with the controller in his hand just sneeze directly onto the controller like all over his hands and it's a real gunky one as well i'm like we're gonna do everything we can to avoid that booth Oh god, maybe you should bring um, gloves, but if that stuff's happening, yeah, god. I know. Maybe just like give your controller a once over before picking it up. I'm sure like any of the um the people running the booth will be happily wipe it down for you if need be. I'm sure they're equipped for that. Um but yeah, hand sanitizer is a good shout too. Um if you tend to get like a bit sweaty as I do, um try and be mindful of others and pack a deodorant as well and just reapply oh, yeah. that at lunch or something. Um you'd just be doing everyone a favor. Um. Yeah. What else can I? Have? Food. I'd maybe like. Yeah, food was my next thought. Something. Like, I'd encourage. I guess depending on your budget, either bring something or eat outside of the 
uh, I guess the expo hall, like go, go out into Melbourne. There's so yeah. much lovely food out there and it's usually cheaper and nicer. Like you don't have to walk far from, yeah, from the hall to, you know, to get some pretty incredible food, just walk along the river and you got a smorgasbord really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in Melbourne, you have to be careful with South Bank. Things can get pretty expensive there, but if you go into the casino, um, the Crown Casino building, there's a food court in there, um, in which you can get food out pretty cheaply. That's tends to be where I had. Um, but yeah, anything like inside the convention building is pretty pricey and not overly good either. Like it, it's um, fine. It's convention food, but yeah, it's yeah. convention food. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else would I sort of recommend? I take, um, cosplayers. There's some fantastic cosplayers at, oh, at yes. PAX. Um, people put in some really, eff- really good effort. I saw um, my name is Danielle on uh, Twitter um, teasing some stuff today as well of her cosplay, um, which is just absolutely fantastic. Um, I my general sort of advice um, with cosplayers is that they they love taking photographs um, and being in photographs. I love getting a photograph with a good cosplayer um, at uh, at um, Star Wars Celebration um, this past year. Uh, I took so many photos with the cosplayers and had a great time because it was like at the end I had all these photos of me with Darth Maul and Boba Fett <laughs> and all of this. It was great. Um, so fun. Just ask them first. Yes. Um, uh, if they've got like a Twitter handle or an Instagram handle that they would love you to tag, make sure you jot that down. Um, cause for a lot of people, this is their profession and, and that's, that's important to them. Um, and also give them the time as well that they might need to prep their costume. Um, don't catch them when they're not really in the zone, um, having their lunch or something because yeah, for some you're just people, like sitting on the edge, clearly they just want to have a minute to sit and look at their phone. Just just let people be if they're yeah. not in like cosplay mode, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So pick your pick your time. Um, what what would be your favorite packs or any sort of convention memory uh, of yours? You reckon, Stephen? Oh gosh, uh, hmm. You really sprung this one on me. Yeah, I really I think, did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, one of the my favorite parts was I don't know being on an actual panel-y sort of thing with mm. Press Start. As you know, as silly as that sounds, I know it was really good fun. It was. I don't know, just a chance to to be on the other side of that panel uh, audience, I guess. You sort of sit in the audience most of the time, but I know even if we were just playing Super Nintendo games late at night, it was still uh, a weird new thing. So I reckon that's probably a highlight for me. Have you ever asked a question at a panel? I haven't. No, I'm, I don't know. I either rarely have any questions to ask or rarely have the uh, inclination to do so. Usually... I don't know. I'll have a more outgoing friend ask them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be a bit nerve wracking when you're in a room full of people and you're like, oh, I kind of want to ask this question, but they pass you the microphone and it's suddenly feel this like spotlights on you. Um, I would highly encourage you to do that, um, though, because uh, it's mm. um, the panelists, like coming from experience, panelists love it when you've got questions. Um, often it allows them to cover some uh, really important stuff that they might not have had the time to include in the presentation otherwise. Um, so uh, it's really good. It's a really good opportunity to kind of open up a conversation and to and to share some of your own ideas too because um, they can be quite long-form questions that you ask. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I remember that my first time meeting Lucy O'Brien, it was actually like asking her a question at her panel, which funnily enough involved politics on video games. Um, but I remember <laughs> it because it was like, yeah, we – 
we had like a really good conversation that was kind of a good bit of back and forth between me, me asking the question and uh the panelists on the on the panel um but i would recommend you do that just get involved with everything that it has to offer and uh and check out the city of melbourne whilst you're at it too yeah actually that that reminds me of another highlight it's just i don't know putting putting actual people to the twitter twitter handles that you see scroll past yeah. every day it's like oh hey there's you know that a million people that you recognize are all going to be there and i mean same guidelines as cosplayers don't bother people while they're trying to eat their lunch or whatever but generally people are pretty happy it's like if you genuinely enjoy their work like mm. hey hello i enjoyed that thing you wrote see you later or just just like a little thing it's just, i know you get to meet someone they f- know that someone actually reads it and I don't know, appreciates the work that they do. It's it's a positive a positive vibe all around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if you see any of us, please say hi. Um, yes. <laughs> and yeah, and you're right as well, though. That like people, you know, people are all there that have like a common interest in video games. If you are standing in queues and stuff, just uh, just talk to the people in front of you and behind you, make some friends. Um, you're all there because you you like video games, so you've you know you've got that in common, and uh, you might strike up some friendships at the time as well. Yeah, gosh, one of my best friends in Adelaide is someone I met at a PAX years and years ago and then there followed on Twitter afterwards, and then I moved to Adelaide, and now we're friends. It's great. PAX That's is awesome. good. Oh, what a cool story. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that lovely note, let's bring an end to what was episode 194 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at PressStartAU. Join the conversation with the hashtag the Startcast and visit the site at PressStart.com.au. Um, sadly, we don't have any What the Wiki today, as it is just uh, Stephen and myself. Um, but you might... Oh, no, it was Brody that got the points last time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was hosting last time. I'll uh, I'll reconvene with Jamie and see uh, see what the scores were at there, but hopefully we'll have Stephen back on to take over the hosting duties there, and we're gonna have another round. Um, we've been joined today by Stephen. Yeah, uh, you can find me on all the social things at Stephen Impson. Um, I don't know, I haven't really put much up on Instagram recently, but I should be putting up some pretty things soon. I don't know what they'll be, but look forward to pleasant things on instagram i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't posted anything on the gram in a while i really should amend that. Uh, it's been it's been so long since i posted that when i did it sent everyone a notification saying hey steven posted for the first time in a while and that really oh, no, made me feel horrible <laughs> no really <laughs> i think uh spending as much time on social media i do on like with my job now i kind of like very much neglect to uh to do anything on my personal one um, yeah, which, too uh, many brands to... to maintain. Oh, it's it's crazy. Um, I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Uh, like I said, if you see us at PAX, um, please do say hi uh, and come along to our panels on the, the Friday and the Saturday night um, and have a, a, a very safe, pleasant experience. Um, until next time, happy gaming. See you later.